How's it going, everyone? I'm the conservative nerd, and welcome to the show. I apologize for the little two-week break I took. I was just using the time to be with family and clear my head, and well, now I'm back and ready to get back into it. Well, let's jump right into it, shall we? Science are, scientists are developing controversial, contagious vaccines that could jump from vaccinated to unvaccinated, but experts warn of potential dangers. What the hell is this? A vaccine that fights disease but is also contagious is in development around the world. Scientists believe that creating a contagious vaccine could help prevent pandemics started by animals. However, some experts note that introducing a self-spreading vaccine is not only controversial but potentially dangerous. Researchers are developing, excuse me, genetically engineered viruses that can spread from one animal to another, which will also provide immunity to the disease. National Geographic reports that scientists are working on contagious vaccines for the extremely deadly Ebola virus. Uh, bovine tuberculosis and Lessa fever. I'm, I'm probably pronouncing that last one wrong. All three are zoonoic diseases, which are infectious diseases that are naturally transmissible from animals to humans. Scientists believe they could expand the development of self disseminating vaccines to other zoonoses such as rabies, West Nile virus, Lyme disease, and the plague. A popular science article from 2017 warns about virus mutating. Quote, If we did intentionally design transmissible vaccines, they might be more likely than regular vaccines to revert. That's because they, are, they reach more people and have a chance to replicate and make new generations. That means more chances for mutations and evolution. Then your transmissible vaccine turns back into the disease effectively, says Scott Newsmeyer, a mathematical biologist at the University of Idaho. As the disease evolves, new variants of the disease could emerge, which could significantly decrease the effectively of the contagious, contagious vaccine. The outline claims that you can make the vaccine only weakly transmissible, but it would spread minimally before dying out, and it wouldn't be able to eradicate the disease. A 2018 paper cautions that you should expect evolution to drive the vaccine back closer to its original wild-type phenotype, in that reverence will be a minor contribution to all infections. By contrast, even infrequent reversions of the attenuated vaccine, sorry, these are, <laughs> this is a hard one to read, will preclude its use against a not-yet-present infectious disease where it could have the undesirable consequences of introducing the disease it, would, it was originally designed to block. In reversion thwarts the final stamp, steps of eradication. The paper reads, <laughs> so, so this is just getting viruses with extra steps. All a vaccine is is a small sample of the virus so the host develops an immunity to it. So essentially you are just spreading the virus intentionally. 
I mean, I've heard some dumb things in my life, but this this is something I'd hear from, you know, those talking head scenes from that 70s show when they were like spinning around and talking while they were smoking weed. I'm wondering what these scientists are smoking. <laughs> well, now moving on, I'm sure you've heard by now about the Oscars drama with Chris Rock and Will Smith. If you haven't heard, you're probably living under a rock right now because it's literally everywhere on all the social media pages. Chris Rock was up on stage last night at the Oscars making jokes, as a comedian does, and he throws a joke towards Will Smith's wife, Jada, who has been pretty open about her alopecia, which if you watch the show Arrested Development, you'll know that this causes the person to lose all the hair on their body. What confuses me is that Will originally laughed at the joke, and then I guess because Jada can't take a joke for some reason, he decided to defend her honor, walk up, and smack Chris Rock, Chris Rock over a joke, which was pretty mild like comparatively to Chris Rock's jokes generally now this could be two different things one Will was genuinely upset about a joke about a woman he admittedly has an open marriage with or this was staged to get people watching the circle jerk that is the Oscars my money's on the latter the slap seemed staged I mean Chris Rock's body language looked like he was like just leaning forward to give Will an easy target. and I mean, these actors needed something to bring back the audience. But as we know, since Ricky Gervais's amazing hosting a few years ago where he truly gave it to the Hollywood elite, these clowns are too full of pride to be taken to be made fun of. Like I've said multiple times, if we as a society can't even take a joke about ourselves, we're doomed. And this constant war against comedy will not end well. Just look how crappy comedy like co- comedies have gotten over the past couple years. Can you imagine Tropic Thunder being made today? There's absolutely no way. Hollywood has effectively neutered all the male comedians and propped up sometimes physically female comedians like Amy Schumer, who spends the better part of an hour special talking about either hating men or about their vaginas, and neither are funny. Real comedians are few and far between nowadays. Those special people who can pull no punches, and are funny at the exact same time. Comedians are being kept from doing their job, and that's their job is really to push the envelope. Ironically, they're being chained up by the people who, in a sense, have the same job. Progressives have stopped doing their job pretty much altogether, and that job is to keep society fluid enough to, to keep us from stagnation. Yet modern progressives are progressing us pretty much right off a cliff. Modern progressives have been indoctrinated with this godless and nihilistic mindset that they now wish for the destruction of this country as we know it. Because they've led, been led to be falsely to believe that America is no longer worth or really never has been worth defending and should be torn down and the foundation destroyed. 
In their eyes, America wasn't founded in 1776, it was founded in 1619, when the first slaves were brought to the Americas. In their eyes, they don't seem to care that the U.S. was one of the first nations and the youngest nations to completely outlaw slavery. A war had to be fought to end an institution that has existed for thousands of years and affected every race on the planet. The left is too prideful to see past their willful willful ignorance. And the Bible rightfully says that pride comes before, before the fall. And if we're not too careful to keep our pride in check, this country, we're, we're going to fall. And the world will be darker for it. Moving on to the next article. Lay Thomas, NCAA championship performance, gives women's sports a crucial opportunity. Anyone who cares about the advancement of sports and women's sports in particular should celebrate her win. Lay Thomas should be just as celebrated as Jackie Robinson for the trailblazer she is. What This article is going to be a joke. I'll preface this with saying that this the lady who wrote this article is a university professor of American Studies and Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies. So you know it's going to be good. On Saturday, University of Pennsylvania swimmer Leah Thomas plays last in the 100-yard freestyle swim during the NCAA championships, ending her career in collegiate swimming. A last place showing at the NCAA swim meet, even a championship one, would not typically garner national headlines, yet Thomas has been the center of controversy regarding her eligibility to compete in women's events. This controversy came on the apex last week at the NCAA championships when she became the first openly trans athlete to win a Division I championship in any sport. For anyone who cares about the advancement of sports, and women's sports in particular, her win should be celebrated. Women's sports are situated at a paradoxical intersection where sex segregation is upheld through claims of biological difference, yet equality is prefaced on being treated the same and given the same opportunities as men. Even if we are to change this, we need to ask some important questions. How does one advocate for equitable treatment while also adhering to the notion of biological difference? If separate is not equal in the case of schools, bathrooms, restaurants, or other social institutions, can separate ever truly be equal in the case of sports? Would gender-based discrimination in sports be eradicated if sports were gender-integrated? The NCAA approved its first policy on the inclusion of trans athletes in collegiate athletes athletics in 2011. The policy allowed trans female student athletes to compete on a woman's team if they had been treated with testosterone suppression medication for at least one year. The most recent update in January aligns with the changes to the policies of the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committees and the International Olympic Committee, which placed the responsibility of eligibility criteria on the individual sport and its governing bodies. The NCAA was resistant to adopt the USA's swimming policies, which is among the most restrictive, requiring testosterone suppression for at least 36 months, 
such changes would have been difficult to consider given collegiate swimmers were in the middle of a competitive se- set season sorry, and weeks away from the championships. Moreover, the IOCs and the NCAA's transgender athletics athlete policies assert that athletes' right to participate in sports without discrimination and express a commitment to diversity, inclusion, and gender equity. Those who oppose the inclusion of trans women in women's sports argue that trans women have an unfair competitive advantage and that that is a result that they will take, excuse me, I can't read today, and that as a result will take away opportunities from cisgender athletes. According to the NCAA, these assumptions are not well-founded. Moreover, there is a lack of scientific evidence that conclusively demonstrates the link between testosterone and athletic performance. Oh my god. Athletic performance is influenced by a number of factors, including hormones. I thought you said there wasn't... Oh my god. But other things like coaching and training, psychological makeup of the athlete, access to resources and equipment, among others, attempts to ban or limit the participation of trans athletes are not based on science. Instead, they are rooted in social and cultural definitions of what constitutes gender and what defines a woman. Such questions, such questions matter because sports organize based on the belief that natural differences between men and women, and they are segregated as a result. Yet, this ultimately leads to discrimination of athletes like Thomas. Not based in science? Not well-founded or scientifically based? Are you stupid? You must not be doing science right if that's the conclusions you are coming up with. Testosterone affects literally every part of our bodies. Bone density, muscle math, fast twitch muscle fibers, our strength. Once, you see, when men hit puberty, we get a hell of a lot of testosterone, even more than we had before. And if you've lived essentially your entire life as a man, and then you decide to do testosterone suppressants, that does jack shit. Your body has already developed these physical advantages. Men and women are not equal, not physically. And to keep pretending that we are is asinine. If you placed average Joe and average Jane against each other in any type of physical uh, physical sport, the guy wins. Even if you place average Joe against the best Janes on the planet... Average Joe wins. And I have many examples of this. You can find a video on YouTube of a man who boxes nine women in a row. And he beats every single one of them. And this guy's like a featherweight. He's he's not very big. Even when you look at transgender tennis players who compete against women, they win. Even our women's soccer, our U.S. women's soccer team was beat by a bunch of 13-year-old boys. Biology isn't a joke, people, and shouldn't be thrown to the side in the name of equality. We, and we have equality in sports now. And you know what would happen if we took out all the sex segregation in sports? 
Not a single woman would ever win again. And this coward, Leah Thomas, stole his medal away from those hardworking, amazing female athletes and should be ashamed of himself. He cheated, and it's like playing a video game where you make your character stronger and faster than all the other players. Of course a cheater is going to win. And you're also talking about a guy that when he was competing as a man, he ranked 462. And so you can see why he decided to be a pussy and compete with the females. He's a joke. If I was these female swimmers' parents, I'd be livid. I mean, apparently he could still use the women's locker room. I'm sure that's incredibly awkward for those girls. Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to move on. White House to unveil new push for a minimum income tax on super rich. This comes from CNN. The White House is set to unveil a new minimum income tax for billionaires Monday as a part of President Joe Biden's budget proposal for fiscal year 2023, according to a White House document released Saturday. The, quote, billionaire minimum income tax would require households worth more than $100 million to pay at least 20% of their full income, including unrealized investment income, the White House said in a fact sheet, with over half of the revenue coming from billionaire households. Quote, the billionaire minimum income tax will ensure that the very wealthiest Americans pay a tax rate of at least 20% on their full income, including unrealized appreciation. The White House said, this minimum tax would make sure that the wealthiest Americans no longer pay a tax rate lower than teachers and firefighters, end quote. The proposed tax is consistent with the desire among the Democratic Party's progressive base to impose heavier levies on the wealthiest Americans. But the reality is becoming law, but the reality of it becoming law is unclear on Capitol Hill, where there are some more moderate members of the party have previously balked at such efforts. The Washington Post first reported the proposed tax. The announcement on the billionaire tax comes ahead of the release of Biden's fiscal uh, budget on Monday. The White House projects the billionaire tax alone would reduce the deficit by uh, $360 billion over the next decade, while the fiscal year 2023 budget overall would, re- would reduce the federal deficit by more than $1 trillion over 10 years. Quote, in effect, the billionaire minimum tax income tax payments are a prepayment of tax obligations these households will owe when they later realize their gains. The White House, the White House said this approach means that the very wealthiest Americans pay taxes as they go, just like everyone else and eliminates the inefficient sheltering of income for decades or generations. This is absolutely crazy, and I I hope this doesn't get put into law. So if you don't know what things like capital gains tax is, say you put a hundred bucks into the stock market, and that stock goes up to two hundred. While you own the stock, this gain is unrealized, meaning that unless you sell the stock and make money, that's when the gain becomes realized and is taxed. 
So under this bill, supposedly, households over 100 million, which isn't a billion for those of you who aren't mathematicians listening, so I don't know why it's called the billionaire tax, but I digress. If you make over 100 million, that the majority of that money isn't the stock market because which most extremely wealthy people do have most of their assets in solid and not liquid. That means that they will now be taxed on the unrealized gains of their assets. Like without taking them out of the stock market. And that's a load of crap. The funny thing is this article said the quiet part out loud. It's true that the top income earners in America make up around 90% of all net federal income tax. Also, anyone making over 500k a year is already in the top tax bracket of 37%. Of course, these people making billions of dollars a year don't want to give a quarter of their money to the federal government. So through things like investing in charity, they can cut down their yearly check to Uncle Sam. But this bill takes that away. What a backwards way to decrease the deficit, by the way. I mean, how about, I mean, stick with me, people. We decrease government spending. Shocking, I know. Unfortunately, there's no more budget hawks anymore. And if there's one area where I'd criticize President Trump is he wasn't really fiscally responsible. But, I mean, he didn't run on that platform anyways, so I can't fault him for it. The worst part is the majority of the government spending doesn't even go towards military like liberals would like you to believe. It goes towards useless social programs like Medicare, Medicaid, welfare, Social Security. And the last one my generation won't even see a penny from because Social Security is probably going to go bankrupt in 2028. What I propose alongside spending cuts is a flat tax, like... 10% 10% flat tax. So that means if you make 60k a year, you pay 6 grand. Boom. And if you make a million dollars a year, you pay 100k. Done. Now it doesn't sound that sound a lot less complicated and a lot a lot better. But the true end goal is decreasing government spending. That's I mean I love tax cuts as much as the next guy, but if the government doesn't stop its spending, then we're just spending ourselves to the poorhouse, and we already are, really. Any future presidential candidate that is not pushing for government spending cuts will not get my support. I mean, if I had it my way, income tax wouldn't even be a thing considering it's technically unconstitutional, but... We can't have everything we want. So the last thing I'd like to talk about in this episode is that Disney's response to Florida's parental rights bill said that's making a special LGBT task force to create more LGBT content. Can you see now that these Cretans want your children and they want to corrupt them while they're still young? They want to force their way into your homes through your TVs, computers, and phones. And unfortunately, too many parents use iPads as babysitters. Disney will deliberately place gay and transgender animated characters into more and more kids' content. 
and I've held out as long as I can because I'm a big Star Wars nerd, but I've decided to end my Disney Plus account and refuse to watch anything made or owned by Disney as long as they wage this war on children. And I also started a petition on change.org, and the link will be in the this podcast description. I ask that you stand with me and sign against Disney, and not only sign, but in end your Disney Plus accounts and stop giving money to these evil people. We need to let them know that they can't have our kids or money. Well, that's going to be the end of today's show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. That really helps us out. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your night. And remember, not all nerds follow the herd.